0: This is the Roaring Elf podcast for the 24th of July 2018, a podcast about a Hadoop and the ceramic ecosystem for anybody working with or investigating big data and advanced analytics. My name is Jon, and here is my pseudo-co-host, Dave.
1: Pseudo-co-host? I'll have you know, I'm definitely a fully-blown co-host.
0: Well, you were a bit late today, so...
1: That is true. I was late. <laughs> I apologize. Luckily, the podcast is always on time.
0: Yes, the magic of recording. That's why we do recordings, (laughs) right? We don't do live shows.
1: The pressure would be killing us. (laughs) (laughs) It would be terrible. But anyway, we have a recording, and therefore we have things to talk about. Well, we don't have a recording yet, but by the time people
0: hear this, I guess what you said is true.
1: But it's a news episode. It is, and therefore we have some news. Um. Well, well, maybe. Maybe.
0: Because <laughs> I'll be honest that my news articles are a bit old because I actually had them for last episode when we had uh, Wart on uh, as a guest. Thank you again, Ward. And I kept them over from then. So they're a bit dated, I guess, but still very much useful and interesting, I hope. Aged
1: hey, like a fine French cheese.
0: <laughs> Stinky, you mean? <laughs> Tasty. Anyway, do you go first or do I go first?
1: Oh, let let's let let me go first. Let me get one of these terrible articles out of the way. <laughs> That's um, a good start. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it just it feels a little bit like I'm repeating myself. But once again, here we have an article. This time by Silicon Angle, um, and the author is uh, James Kobelis. And it's another one of these Hadoop stars dim in the era of cloud object data storage and stream computing. When will these people learn? It's not about Hadoop being dead. It's the Hadoop is more than just HDFS. Ah. Anyway, the the article brings up a whole bunch of really pointless commentary. So, for example, um, it talks about the fact that... uh, MapR recently released its 6.1 data platform update, still in beta, with scarcely a reference to HDFS. Well, of course, because one of MapR's whole points of existence <laughs> is that they have MapRFS. Yes. You know, that that's it, it is what they do. Why, why they would, it would make no sense for them to even refer to HDFS. Oh, you mean
0: they don't sell it, the competitions and stuff?
1: Exactly. It's just weird. It's just a, to me, it's just a it's a terrible article, and i i i, I hate to be i hate to be the one that, that is uh, raging against these things and giving uh, you know putting negative feelings out there on the internet. But come on, people, we can do better than this. Um, so yeah, I, I just Grr. Grr, yeah. arg. I mean,
0: I do have to dispute your uh, uh, I don't know. Telling him off for of not being a good re, a good article writer because you have to, you can say what you want, but his title has Hadoop, cloud, data object storage, stream, and computing in it. I mean, that's buzzword bingo. missing big,
1: blockchain though, so I mean, he's obviously uh, only got eight on. out of ten. Hang on, scroll down to the, the
0: last <laughs> paragraph, and what does it say? In fact, a database-free world may await us in coming decades as streams, object stores, blockchain, <laughs> and <laughs> IoT pervade all applications. So he got that in there too.
1: Yep. Well, you know, you, you got to make those, uh, got to make those metrics, got to make sure it uh, it pops up at the top of any, yes. anybody, anybody's searching.
0: Yeah. But I do want to put a little warning out there that if anybody of our listeners is thinking for putting this database in a blockchain, uh, please, please, please talk to somebody first. Not this guy.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> and on that, let's go and talk about some other more interesting news. And that's my turn, right? It is so you're really setting the bar low here. Yeah, uh, I've got two
0: articles. Uh, <laughs> let's do the. You want the long one or the short one first?
1: Let's go for the long one first. Okay. let's talk about something interesting.
0: Well, I had an interesting. I found an interesting article on LinkedIn. It's the first time I actually got something from LinkedIn, so that's uh, something I have to look in more op- often in the future. From uh, sorry, I'm going to butcher this. Tilly Rajavelu, excuse me, vice president, group manager of big data at BNY Mellon Technology. And it's actually a comparison of Apache Ranger and Sentry. And I haven't found one of those that goes into this kind of depth anyway. I mean, a lot of articles say, okay, security, if you go one part, it's Ranger, or if you go the other side, it's Sentry. They do kind of the same thing. But she actually kind of went in pretty much detail comparing the two without actually giving a, this is best, but more of a, uh, if you're going to decide, here are the things that are interesting to decide upon, which I, which I like. So it's a good article. And... It's something I've talked to a lot of customers because uh, uh, being at Microsoft, I get faced with different uh, environments, different distribution choices. And a lot of the time people come to me and say, okay, which one should we take? And I'm never going to say one or the other. I'll just give them the possibilities, the, the, the choices that are in there. But for security, I must admit that I don't know that much about Sentry. Because it's harder to deploy a CDI's cluster because you can have to pay for the for the nice stuff, so you can't just play with it. and having an article like this, I can actually reference, which also has a totally and i would say non-biased way of looking at it. it's, yep. uh, it's very yeah. good a very cool uh, tool in my toolkit, let's say. So the link's going to be in the show notes. And I do, uh, if you're looking at starting a cluster and uh, having that, we have to decide which flavor to go with. Do take a read because it is interesting. It's nicely written. I've got a couple of uh, things that jumped out to me, which I just want to shortly mention or else you don't have anything to talk about. (laughs) And that's, uh, she starts with uh, Sentry. And the first thing I noticed is, okay, it's owned by Cloudera. I think that's still a fact. I don't think Sentry is an open source uh, thing at the moment. I haven't Uh, seen Apache. Although she does say Apache Sentry. So she can't say it's owned by Cloudera. It does come from there. And it supports ACFS, Hive, Solar, and Impala. And that kind of struck me as being rather limited. And she also goes into that in the, the next paragraph, actually. So that's interesting. Also she notes that Ranger will not support Impala. I'm not entirely sure if that's uh, ever being said by the Ranger guys I mean they work with a plugin system so I guess somebody can write an Impala plugin that should be the Impala team but uh, they, she is right that at the moment as far as I know there's no plugin for uh, for Ranger for Impala yeah, yeah. which kind of makes sense I mean if you know the distributions kind of makes sense. Uh, since he talks about the XA Secure acquisition from Hortonworks that then becomes a Apache Ranger, who has a support for a, b- a broader range, and she lists here ACFS, Hive, HBase, Yarn, Storm, Knox, Kafka, Solar, and NiFi, and that is indeed something that I often talk about with my customers that there is on the security point a a, a difference of of, Im- of, of 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 scope, let's say, where it does feel like Ranger does I don't know adopt more easily while Sentry has, has it's a harder time of doing that. So that's one thing to be f- aware of if you're going to have a cluster with uh, a heavy emphasis on, on Storm and Kafka, NiFi, that could give you a, a reason to look at it. If you're doing a lot of Impala, then you also know where which way to go with that one. Uh, going further down, what else he talks about? Yeah, Sentry provides a role-based R-back functionality inside Hive and Impala although the Hive part is more of a uh, HDFS layer, uh, she, she notes a bit further. Uh, that is a difference, I guess, because Ranger has ABAC, uh, attribute-based uh, authorization, and yeah. it looks like, if I trust this article, I have no reason not to trust it, that Sentry is still based in the RBAC world, which I guess works fair enough, uh, pretty well. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would have expected Sentry to have evolved further on, because RBAC is so 2000, right?
1: Well, so I think the <laughs> the issue is that the obviously for, to have asset based access control, you need uh, governance. You need yeah. a, a governance and a metadata layer. And yep. Obviously, Atlas gives that for for the for this for the Ranger range part. Yeah. 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 The other thing that's kind of interesting is that they there's a there's a there's more functionality in, in by the sounds of it, there's more functionality in both platforms. That are mentioned in this article. Uh, one of the uh, comments um, is yeah. that that someone makes is that actually uh, Century now works with Cloudera's Kafka. Kafka. Um, and similarly, someone else mentions that uh, there's a lot more functionality uh, in the Ranger side with uh, individual rows, uh, so row level access, mm-hmm. uh, column level access uh and and sort of individually things things of that and sort of masking is a part of the platform now as well so yeah there's it's a good intro definitely and i think there's yeah it's not uh, it's not
0: everything and everything but it's a good start it's 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 things to look at yeah now i'm not gonna go through the whole article but another thing that kind of struck me was there's no ui for the sentry yeah, admin has to be all done from uh, uh, from CLI, I guess, and with uh, grants and stuff like that, which uh, I kind of like UIs when it comes to uh, security things because it gives you a nice overview. And yeah. I'll agree that the Arranger UI, I guess it could be a little bit better. I think it's getting better in the 3.0 releases. But uh, it's definitely better than having a CLI to look at. So that's an interesting one. And also that Hive CLI is not supported with Sentry. So it must be disabled yeah. just i'm assuming she means the hive command line which you shouldn't be using yeah. anyway you should be using beehive and i'm assuming since beehive is working with the Hive server two, Beeline, you mean. sorry line. yeah sorry it's working with the hive server 2 then that should also be covered by sentry i'm guessing so it's not that big of an issue Uh, Anyway, she goes on with uh, showing more screenshots uh, for Ranger and stuff like that. So all in all, I learned a couple of things from this article. It's a nicely, I'd I'd say, unbiased uh, look at the two uh, ecosystems, let's say. Uh, I like that there are two ecosystems because that way you have a bit of competition going on. And uh, as long as they keep improving upon the other one, who's winning? That's us, the users. So um, it's a nice article, well written. Links in the show notes.
1: All right. So in that case, it's back to me. Um, Get all pseudo on me. So for my second article, uh, we we often talk about uh, AI and and machine learning and how it's going to make all of our lives better. Well, yeah, make some people's lives better, certainly. Uh, Not necessarily those that are being press-ganged into work to pretend that they are indeed AI. Uh, I I it's I struggle to believe that this is actually happening, but it also doesn't surprise me in the slightest. That essentially, some organisations are claiming that they have AI-based services, and it's really just a sweatshop of people in the background, you know, dealing with stuff in call centres or uh, you know, responding as as if they were chatbots. Um, uh, the the best part of this whole article uh, is there's a tweet <laughs> from someone called uh, Gregory Koberger, who is he just tweets how to how to start an AI startup step one hire a bunch of minimum wage humans to pretend to be AI pretending to be human step two wait for AI to be invented <laughs> brilliant uh, uh, you think it was you.
0: sarcastic or
1: I personal experience. I, I, I well I don't know I, I hope it's sarcasm uh, but you know that they, they do give examples of a number of times where this has uh, this has actually happened across a bunch of different organizations and that's not to say that uh, you know AI and humans cannot work together obviously if they, if they if we are unable to work together then Skynet will happen and the the, well, the yeah. fall of mankind is in it, is will inevitably follow
0: you got to make sure but, we dumb down the ai enough so that they want to work together with us
1: well but i mean there's things like supervised learning which is the perfect blend of of uh, you know machine learning technologies and humans uh, yep. so you know we can work together it's possible but please humans can not work don't. together <laughs> <Come on. laughs> well no 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 humans can't work together obviously but but humans and ai could work together um yeah, but what but if yeah, the AI a, is actually a human pretending to be oh, an AI? Oh, okay. oh don't, don't. <laughs> it's inception. Is the is the thing is the little spinner still spinning? Just so we can tell whether we're we're in the in the simulation or not. Yeah,
0: I've been going through the article where we we're talking about it, because uh, as our listeners know, we don't share these things too much ahead of time. A couple things I'm picking out of there where uh, the one of the guys uh said it's essentially prototyping the AI with human beings. Yeah, that's how the it, bicycle is prototyping cars, right?
1: Yeah, it's not story, it's <laughs> prototyping at all. It, I mean, I, either you're doing something with a fully automated, you know, call it AI, call it ML, call it whatever you want, and some <laughs> sort of automated system, or you're not. Like, <laughs> be honest about it. Exactly, I,
0: be honest about it. And the other thing about fake it until you make it, yeah, well, there's some borderline there. Although the one thing yeah. I did find interesting, let's get a bit more serious here, is that uh, apparently, re, uh, there's a link, so I haven't clicked the link yet, but resource has shown that people tend to disclose more when they think they are talking to a machine rather than a person because of the stigma associated with seeking help from one's, for one's mental health. And I can actually see how that does make sense where a help desk gets a different kind of person that wants to talk to an AI or talk to a person. Because sometimes you call a help desk and you feel so stupid so, if there's a computer that can answer you, you don't have to talk to a human and don't have to face up to the fact that you're and maybe you're not stupid, just feeling stupid, I'm emphasizing. So, I do see that it can actually help people be if they're duped yeah. into believing they're talking to a tongue to a machine. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, and there's a link behind it, which apparently talks more about the research in question. It's a Wired article. Virtual therapists help veterans open up about PTSD, so it is apparently serious stuff. So yeah, that's one way of saying it's a good thing. But then still, they shouldn't. We should kind of come clean with it, I guess. Exactly. And the final thing, the ethical quandary about uh, AI systems that pretend to be uh, human—that's kind of the flip side of the whole thing. That's uh, at the moment a very lively discussion, to be honest. I know inside Microsoft we're spending a lot of time talking about this potentially future problem and uh, yeah they give the example here for uh, google duplex so uh, it kind of negates the article itself right <laughs> if the article is about humans uh, pretending to be ai then there's an ethical quandary about the reverse of it so what, what do you want us to do then indeed oh well so i have nothing else to add on this
1: no, nope. well, just be honest.
0: I just want to say I predicted chatbots to be everywhere two years ago if it still hasn't happened, but keep predicting it. Even if they're done by humans. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I should have put that in my
0: caveats.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. There there's your there's your winning prediction right there.
0: <sighs> All right. Anyway, nice article. Fun read.
1: Yep. Good enough. But go, come and talk to us about something a bit more sensible. Oh,
0: it's been a while since we talked about NiFi, so I had to put uh, put NiFi back in here uh, for two reasons, because uh, one, I found a very nice article that gives you a kind of run through with all of the, well, most of the code and uh, installation instructions and how you make the uh, architecture in NiFi. And in this case, it's actually how to build an IIoT. And I learned that that was industrial IoT system using Apache NiFi, Minify, C2 server, MQTT, and Raspberry Pis, because Raspberry Pis are good. And uh, actually, it's the first article that I see a full explanation of using the Minify in a C two server, which I com- it's the command and control server, I think it's called. Yeah, correct. Which is kind of the the way you interact between your Nifi central thing towards the Minify stuff. So it's the first time I saw actually a full example deployment of a Minify Nifi thing, and it actually goes in quite a bit of depth, giving you the 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 opt get updates to install the brokers and Nifis, and then gives you the Nifi instructions a nice end-to-end thing you can actually play with it. it's not really something you'll use in real life because um, i'm not entirely sure what he does with it to be honest because i didn't go that far into it but it does uh, give a nice, nice introduction using minify which i haven't played it and even half uh, enough uh, myself and while i was looking at this i also saw that knife uh, i actually had their 1.7.0 release a couple of weeks ago so uh, those two together, I thought I need to put that on the podcast. No way we can uh, deny that. No way we can uh, ignore that.
1: Yeah, and I think the so the 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 control server is uh, you know it's an early mm-hmm. uh, early version of it. So don't expect to see this. Uh, don't don't expect to see the commander control piece as being yeah, there's some polish uh, yeah. missing here and there. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's it's not it's not fully polished yet. Uh, it's not well, kind it's of... functional? It, it's definitely functional, but it's not kind of uh, fully GA'd yet, I don't yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah but um, it's it's
0: a necessary component, right? Because the whole idea behind this thing is that you have a, I know, a gazillion minifies in the world, and then the new version comes out, and then you send out a guy to do every one-by-one update. You don't want to do that. It needs to be a centralized push system or a pull system, whichever, whichever you prefer.
1: Yeah. And what mm-hmm. uh, what some of the some folks have done, certainly uh uh Willi Engelbrecht over in uh in South Africa is one of the Hortonworks guys uh, down there, has actually pulled pulled together uh, a command and control environment using NiFi. So using NiFi talking to Minify. Okay. And actually <laughs> <Inception> the there. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So using that to uh do command and control uh, within itself so it, it's it's all possible that you you could hook this up to today using fully mm-hmm. supportable stuff but the idea of course is that the command and control service will make that much much easier yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah not much
0: i'm uh, not, go, not gonna read all the code there but uh, it's a actually technical thing i've started implementing part of it but had to stop because work and real life came in between but uh, it's something i want to Try and do the end-to-end just to get my, hand, my head around it a little bit. Because it's one thing to talk about the uh, technologies. It's another thing to do a, a real implementation. But fortunately, I don't have a factory here at my home. Uh, so doing something like this is a nice uh, in-between solution. So, uh, Yeah. Very nice. That's all I wanted to talk about. And maybe give the cust- the, the, you, the the customers, sorry, the listeners a bit of a heads up that we will probably be doing a little bit more NiFi in-depth programming starting uh, next, uh, call it the winter season. Yep. We have some nice uh, people reaching out to us that want to talk about IoT and streams and stuff. So that's, uh, that's all I want to talk about here. Anything more from you?
1: Nothing else from me, and I think that is probably all the time we have today. Hope you enjoyed this serving of bite-sized big data. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode, but until then, please go to www.roaringelephant.org where you can find more information, including a feedback form. You can also follow us on Twitter using the at HadoopCast tag. And contact us by email to podcast at RoaringElephant.org with any thoughts, comments, criticisms and other feedback. Until then, my name is Dave. And my name is John. We look forward to talking to you next week. Bye. See you then.